0: you're listening to season two of nft 365 talking crypto blockchain web 3 non-fungible tokens metaverse and what the
1: is a non-fungible
0: token we'll get to that it's time for today's episode of nft 365 here's your host and digital futurist brian fanzo
2: What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT three hundred and sixty-five. And throughout this, you know, uh, journey that we've been on in, you know, NFT three hundred and sixty-five and you know, Web three as a whole, you know, one of the themes for me um, that really hit home early on was just the idea of like, how do we remove the starving from the starving artist? But even more so, like, how do we empower? You know, great storytellers, great artists to focus more on the things that they love doing, which is creating. And you know, as a creator, as someone that is a brand influencer, as a keynote speaker, I will tell you I don't love entrepreneurship because I have to do all of the things that I don't love doing. I don't get to just record audio. I don't get to play on Twitter spaces. I don't get to create just AI art or not just to get on stages or work with brands, um, you know, doing influencer work or whatever it may be. But I will say that there is, uh, you know, a a, a shift in the tide in ways that we can bring things to life in web three in this NFT space. And that, that can come in all different forms and fashion, right? Everything from, physical goods and physical services and physical art talents and bringing them into web three, you know, the creation of that in the web three world, but also kind of bridging uh, these worlds. And I do want to give a shout out. um, There's one of the events that that is upcoming uh, that is called the C C E X. uh, And many of you that have been listening to the podcast for a good while, CEX was a sponsor of the podcast prior to um, their last event uh, that they had going on. Uh, But it's an upcoming event. And I will just tell you, uh, the well, lineup that they have for this event uh, from an NFT Web3 perspective is world class. Uh, I would say many of my top 10 favorite speakers of all time uh, will be speaking at that event. Uh, I will also be doing a, a workshop uh, with Gigi uh, from Crypto Tech Women uh, on day one. I'll be giving a keynote on AI and then I'll also be giving a talk on Web3 uh, and NFTs. So that event, I'll actually be on stage three times. Uh, And what's cool is, you know, Joe Polizzi, who is a uh, a dear friend, uh, a huge supporter of the podcast. He is a podcaster himself. Uh, He was the founder uh, and creator of Content Marketing World before uh, selling Content Marketing World. Um, He's also given us a a code to give out. So if you want to check out uh, CEX, so it's in the the browser, it's just CEX.events. And the code is NFT100. So if you get Put in there NFT 100, you'll get a discount, but C-E-X dot events in your browser, check out the lineup, uh check out that event. And it's actually a great e- example of these worlds coming together world from, uh you know, some of my favorite creators, some of my favorite live streamers, favorite Snapchatters, favorite TikTokers, some of my favorite artists, uh, including some of my favorite founders of NFT projects are all going to be on stage there. And it kind of sets a, a kind of a perfect uh kind of theme uh, for this conversation today. And I'm going to, Kind of bring in our. Oh, I clicked the wrong button. So that's how that goes with video. Uh, I'm gonna bring in uh, our guest and my co-host, uh, as we're gonna be talking, you know, a little bit about, you know, uh, an amazing journey from a, a creator's perspective, from a photographer's perspective, uh, and someone that's known me. I'm going to go out and say probably longer than every person that's listening to this podcast. Uh, maybe a few of you maybe have known me a little bit longer, but um, you know, not only has she uh, been a, a, a massive supporter uh, of mine, but someone that we've kind of uh, connected in many different forms and fashion. Uh, and I'm super excited to share the details at the end of the episode uh, of her upcoming uh, NFT drop. But before we even get into there, uh, Leslie, excited to have you back and you know, you we get to have a lot of fun. You and I get to have these conversations with some amazing artists that you're working with, uh, with Nifty Gateway to to bring their collections to life over there. Uh, and so, yeah, this is going to be uh, another one of those great conversations. How are you doing today, Leslie?
0: I'm great, thank you so much. It's been such an awesome adventure to get to know the artists that we've been working with and to feel so connected to the artwork and learn the stories behind them. It's just so meaningful. So, it's been. Uh, an amazing experience, and I, you know, I'm fangirling really over Nifty Gateway too. Of course, so I'll give it a shout out there.
2: <laughs> for sure, and I and I will say they they reached out the other day. Uh, for those that haven't listened to the episode, you know, where I broke down the four different marketplaces, um, they reached out, and uh, actually I, I give a shout out to Foundation and Known Origin and Nifty Gateway. So three of the four reached out immediately and said, "Hey, do you mind if we share this video?" With our product team, as far as feedback and helping us even fix some documentation, uh, so I just have to shout out to the marketplaces for not only listening, but and I I laughed when they asked for permission because it's a it's a public YouTube video and a public podcast. So I was like, sweet, I, I'm glad that that resonated. Uh, so for those that want to check that out, that's definitely you know in our podcasting library uh, as well as on YouTube. Uh, but enough on that side. Uh, excited to bring uh, Deborah you into the conversation. Excited to have you on the podcast, uh, get to amplify uh, your story. You know, I mentioned here in the in the beginning, uh, you and I first connected on live video, I believe 2014, almost 10 years ago, uh, which is just a, a wild ride. And uh, I remember for me, uh, we were talking about this kind of a green room, like I where I was in my life, where I was as a storyteller, uh, where I was as a creator. Uh, when Deborah just first met me, I would never have called myself a creator, like let alone an artist. A creator would never have been in my vocabulary. I was a guy who liked to talk, and I didn't mind a selfie camera live stream. Like pretty much that was me um, in in a nutshell. And uh, Deborah, it's been an amazing journey to be on with you. And excited to kind of amplify your story and we're going to get into that, but before we do so, give us a little bit about your, um, background, uh, who you are. You have a fascinating, uh, story that also connects to your, uh, amazing talent as a photographer, but talk to, give us a little, uh, you know, kind of background
1: of who you are and then we'll get into some of the questions. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Cause it's definitely one of the, one of my, on my bucket list here. So, uh, and thanks to Leslie as well. She's amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, gosh, let me tell you, I was I went to school to uh, with the with the intention to be a dentist, and I, not very many people know this, but uh, my counselor said, um, you know, you uh, you you need to take some other extracurricular courses, and of course, I I said, well, what else can I take? And so she put a piece of paper in front of me, and there it was, photography. And so that is how I'm here today. <laughs> wow. I already love that story. Already, that's already
0: amazing. Yeah, talk about some divine intervention there. That's amazing. And,
1: and literally, it's just curiosity. I mean, because, you know, back then, you know, it's film. And so you got this little uh, role of canister, the film in cancer. It's like, how do they get pictures from that? So, you know, I've, I've always been curious. And so, yeah, that, that's how I got here. What we have, we have a connection there
2: a little bit. As it was one of the only classes I ever got an A in in high school because I was not great at school. Was the photography class, and I actually took it again my senior year because I loved going into the black room, learning how to you know turn uh, photos into actual physical photos. And for those that are under thirty, you can Google that, watch videos on on you know we weren't able to just click and uh, unlimited uh, on that side. But so, Deborah, I love that like kind of, and this is also just a big shout out. You know this is also why arts in schools is essential. Like we might be missing out on your gift and the story and the amplification of those that you get to to uh, take photos of if if photography maybe wasn't even an option for one of those uh, electives in there. and i I, I mentioned this uh, on social a bunch, but I was at my daughter's uh, my daughter's made all county uh, choir. and they must have said fifteen times in during their recital, you know, please let your principal know that you appreciate the choir is here. Please let them know that you that you love, that your kids are, are learning um, uh, to be singers, uh, because that it is important in our school district here, one of the things that is on the chopping block, uh, like many school districts in the United States, um, is the arts. And so for all those that are listening, this this example, I know everyone's going to kind of fall in love with Debra and her story. And just think about that. If that wasn't an option, um, that this might not all have come to life. And- I would rather get a tattoo on my face than go to a dentist. So I'm glad you didn't become a dentist because we would have definitely not connected. Cause uh, I, I talk so much that I think that's why I just can't stand someone's hand in my mouth. <laughs> but uh, I love that you chose photography uh, side of it. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, uh, your journey as a photographer. Um, I know for me, uh, one of the things that always you know, kind of amazes me is like, how do you monetize, right? How do you, you know, what what does that that look like, and how do you stay uh, able to kind of like uh, create over the over the years, right? Because the medium changes. Uh, also, digital cameras came out, uh, and then there these crazy things called an, uh, smartphones uh, that had cameras. Yeah. And you've stood the 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 test of time and evolved. and And so, talk to us a little bit about like that journey as a photographer, and and how you've you know not only built a business around it, but you know grown as a creator as well.
1: Well, you know, um, back in the day before we had our smartphones, way back, um, I did uh, learn photography very in a conventional way, which was, you know, um, 4 by 5 putting the film in the back of the camera. And, um, you know, I kind of just kind of feel like I was always in the right place at the right time because um, after, like before I even went to college, I managed to connect with a photographer in San Antonio, because I used to live there. Um, that's where my parents are from. And it was where I'm from. And um, I literally was able to connect with a photographer that, that literally took my hand and said, this is a C stand, this is how you put it together. And this is how I create a shot. And so I definitely w- wanted to make sure that I that I went into photography after I had that amazing training. And I went to college for a couple of years. And then right after that, I, I actually became an assistant. It's kind of interesting to do that first, because just like in NFTs, to collect before you sell. So which is advice, great advice that you gave that I listened to. And so I did become an assistant, I was an assistant for at least eight months, I kind of broke the rules, because you're supposed to be an assistant for three years. But I kind of broke the rules. And then I um, landed a, a a freelance position with Pier 1 Imports. So back in the day when uh, photography budgets were, were hefty and um, and it was it was wonderful. So I literally was shooting on catalog for Pier 1 and then from there they actually offered me a job and it was right before 9-11, then 9-11 happened and I said, I don't know what's happening in this world. I need some stability. So I actually was... I actually was there uh, as a senior photographer at Pier 1 for a couple of years and um I was actually very blessed to be able to create the brand and taught photographers uh, a couple of photographers uh the brand of lighting for Pier 1 of course it evolved since then and Pier 1 is no longer however um after that I you know I just kind of like Felt like something was missing. Like I loved shooting and everything like that, but something else was missing. And then that's when I decided to take a leap of faith, and then went on to becoming like literally just jump jump into this world of of entrepreneurship and um, and just you know going for it. Um, and uh, and then from there, of course, I've always stayed current. Like always kept my ear to the ground. And um, you know when MySpace jumped into its it, into into the whole space there, I you know started shooting people and posting it on on my MySpace, and then that brought me in business. And then I literally used social media as a tool, a good leveraging tool. It was like a free medium for you to go out. But then I also, of course, you have to rub the elbows and go to so many events and things like that. And, and it's, it's a, it's a grind. It's always a grind, no matter what you do. And then of course, you know, as I was shooting uh, and it was this actually during COVID, I had my earphones in and I was listening to a clubhouse space. And I've heard you mention this time and time before, but I used to kind of like gently stalk you and I would follow you from room to room (laughs) And I landed in one of those, um, in in one of the ape rooms, and they were talking about their apes. And I'm going, "What is this NFT stuff?" So I actually started digging into, uh, just listening to a lot of clubhouse spaces. Still didn't understand what all that was about. And then, of course, I stumbled, and then I stumbled onto finding your podcast and just immersed myself. I am pretty sure I've listened to all episodes, and my ear holes never got tired, but. Stay monetized is to stay current. Ooh, I like that.
2: Stay monetized is to stay current. And you have, you've, you know, from like, I, I love you brought up like MySpace and like, you know, that journey from, and then, you know, live video. I remember, you know, our our days on live video. And and I remember, you know, for me, you know, this is one of those, also those moments for anyone that is a creator of content is that you never know who you're impacting or who you're reaching. Or, you know, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, it is important to recognize that like our messages can reach all corners of the world in ways that we, um, we often don't even recognize. Right. And there's also people that kind of come in and out. Uh, and I also love your, that idea of like, you know, you, you, had like the peer one, you also had, you know, I mean, the world has changed from, you know, not to mention September 11th, you know, fast forward to a, a global pandemic, but also all of the, the technology changes um, that are in there. And I know Leslie, you know, you and I, when we were, kind of talking about setting up uh, with artists and bringing them in, um, you know, to be transparent to everyone. You know, Deborah was the very first person that came to my mind as a, as a creator that uh, not only that I've known her work, but I also have known like for me, you know, when I look at the NFT space or Web3 space, I think there are lots of places we can make uh, an impact and we can uh, to deliver on. And I think not only your story, Deborah, but also the story of your art, the story of who you shot, why you shot, how you've uh, kind of brought that to life. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit of that for, or we'll get into a lot of that for our audience. And I know Leslie, I was excited because I, I know that one of the things, the first calls that you had uh, with Deborah as well, you were messaging me like, oh my goodness, her story and everything that she's been through. And, and these, uh, you know, these photos have to get out to the world. Um, it's kind of a beautiful aspect here. And I, I think, you know, Leslie, I think both of us, you know, we, we both as marketers, you know, digital we talk about storytelling, we talk about branding, but I think it's also important when you figure out like some of the aspects of these immensely talented humans like Deborah, like uh, Jeff and Ryan, who were on uh, previously as well, that like there's so many facets that can connect with people that we can all relate to. And I know that was something that you hit home with as well, Leslie.
0: Absolutely. I think that, I mean, I've talked about it so many times that how, you know, the deep connection to the art and the story is that, what I guess I realized is how many times I've already missed the story with other things. And it's something that um, in in Deborah's journey, and I hope that she talks a little bit more about it. I'll lead you into that one. Um, The, uh, you know, her message about representation is just so amazing and the aspect of, um, body positivity and loving yourself and discovering yourself is such a powerful message that I hope that every person hears, but I hope that most specifically, I think about my kids, you know, I think about like my daughter hearing that message and like, I, it's just an amazing discovery in this process to see that that's so well documented by photography. And it's just, it creates this sense of emotion that I think is such an an amazing feeling. But I, of course, want Deborah to talk about it, but I, um, I've always, I've been moved by it from the very beginning. I think within like five minutes, Deborah, um, and, and I hope you tell this story, um, you, you said right in our first conversation, I knew I was different. And that's how our conversation started. And I think that's just also a message that everybody can resonate with. And I, you know, and especially in Web3, we talk about meaningful connections and deep connections that we have with people that we meet in Web3 that are far greater, at least in in my opinion, than some of my in real life connections. And you get to skip to that part where it's the most meaningful connection. And it's just a Positive environment for people. I'm sure there's going to be haters, and there's haters everywhere. But um, there's you know such an acceptance, and I think that that is just a message that flows really, really, really well in Web three, and it's an inspirational message. But of course, I want to kick it to you, Deborah, to tell a little bit more about your story.
1: Sure, Um, let's get into it. But um, let's do a little warning. Let's buckle up (laughs) because we're about to get deep. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with saying the day that I knew I was different. So, in elementary school, um, a letter was sent home uh, to my parents. And the letter said, if your kid, or any kid for that matter, speaks Spanish, we're going to send you home. So, my parents went into the action item and stopped speaking Spanish. And these two components realized uh, something went off in my head to say, okay that's not good. That's bad. Let's hide that I am Hispanic. So that was the first time that I felt shame, but I didn't really know that it was shame. I just knew it was bad. So, and then let me go even further because the second time that I felt the shame again was, um, I was in high school and I had a crush on my, on my best friend. She was a female and uh, the only way that I guess I was able to express anything was you know, I was in my junior year and at the time. I was not of drinking age. However, you know, <laughs> and my parents know this story, uh, so <laughs> it's okay that they're that they, they they're 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 going to watch this later. Um, they're very they're very much a part of it. So I got drunk at a party. Um, some guys managed. We all pulled our money together bought some MD 2020, we called it mad dog 2020, bad, bad stuff to this day. I cannot drink wine, but I was so drunk. And then I just screamed out, like, you know, I love, kept saying, I love you. I love you. And back then she was like, you know, I love you too. But you know, not in the, which back then in the seventies, you didn't talk about that in, you know, in, in that, you know, female to female love. I didn't even know what that was to be honest. It was a foreign thing to me, but I knew that deep down I had those feelings, right? Um, I just didn't know what they were. But um I will tell you the way my parents got into the story. So we end up I end up going home, my older sister drove. I unfortunately threw up in her car. <laughs> <laughs> mad dog, I, mad dog will do that. Mad dog that's will right. Do that. <laughs> that's right. I stumbled in my parents' front yard and uh my mom and dad lifted me. You know, <laughs> and then put me in the shower with all my clothes on. So since that day, unfortunately, I cannot drink wine. But the whole premise of being gay and not being able to express it like you can today, that was another level of shame. So, you know, that's enough to just kind of like quelch anybody, silence people, silence anyone to not be able to express themselves fully because, you know, here I am a Hispanic female, now gay, and the shame is, you know, detrimental. So I believe that in regards to all that, uh, when I decided, okay, let's, how can I express myself? And of course, being a photographer, you know, that was another thing is like, as an assistant, I was very quiet because back then when I was assisting in 1990, um, I'm not afraid to say my age, by the way, (laughs) but when I was assisting in 1990, there was only a few women assistants. So you wanted to make sure that you stayed in the, in the norm, Mm -hmm. if you will. Right. And in order for me to work and, and, and to also, be representative as, as, as strong as a guy and as willing as what a, what men can do, because it was a male dominated profession. So I managed to meet some friends that were in the assistant committee. And I remember this one um, woman who at the, at the time she was a president of the assistance committee. And she said, you know, Deborah, just work on a project that you're going to love that, that kind of represents you and stuff. And I said, wow, you know, I, well, what, what would I do? And, and, and then it finally occurred to me that, um, to work on something that, that is the, the, the most shameful part of what, what women, uh, go through on a daily. I mean, it's gotten better. Are, are we there yet? I don't know. I'd, will we ever be there yet? I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that like, you know, in my, uh, maybe in, in my, you know, maybe Fanzo in your little girl's life and, and Leslie in your kid's life. Um, I'm hoping that at some point it will, there'll be more equality. That's I think we can, all, we, yeah, we can all, we can all, we can all, we can all hope on that, but yeah, we have a long way to go for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so um, I began this project, uh, you know, you know, to be honest, it, it very first started very stark white. It was on white background. It was had color in it, and that just didn't seem to uh, register with me. And I just kept testing and testing. And then I'm going to be real honest. One time, my strobe didn't go off in the background, and it was very dark. And I said, ah, "That's it. That's what I'm missing." And then, of course, I just took off the color, and then it be sensuality became alive. And so it, yeah, I mean it it, wow. it it really has been just such an amazing beautiful self um growth for my for myself as a as a photographer. And that was how long
2: ago? How long that was how many years ago when you so started this collection? About 14 years. Wow. So yeah. 14 yeah, 14 years <laughs> ago. Thank goodness that 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 bulb doesn't <laughs> go off in the background, right? Things happen. <laughs> things happen for a reason. Uh, and you, know, and I, I, really appreciate, you know, your vulnerability and you sharing that, you know, part of your story, not only, you know, being, you know, from a standpoint of, Hey, we don't want you to connect with your, your, your heritage and, and, and speak the, the language that you had grown up with, but then also from a sexuality perspective, of course, from a, uh, from a, being a, a woman perspective and, you know, and being behind the, the, the camera right now, you're kind of bringing that to light talk to me a little bit about that. Like, so that was 13 years ago. And as you mentioned, we still have a long way to go and and things have started to change, but you know, this idea of capturing, you know, sexuality, um, as a photographer, I am sure even just the narrative around, uh, you know, different styles of content that people are willing to admit that they take, uh, you know, is, is different. Like I know, uh, when I was married, uh, our five-year anniversary was a, uh, was a, a bedroom shoot that my wife, that I, my wife and I did. And I remember us being like, we could never share that like with our family or talk about it on Facebook. And now I feel like I get a lot of that in my feed where people are are celebrating uh, their you know sexuality, but also you know intimacy at a different level. So how has that journey been for you uh, as a photographer, for those that you've shot and give us a little bit of like where that the project has kind of come to life and how you're going to bring it to life for your, you know, the people that you're shooting as well as yourself.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm glad that you said the word sexuality, because there's, I think there's a huge difference between uh, sexuality and sensuality and I've shot both, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I do have clients that, that want to express themselves on a sexual nature and um, and so sensuality is a little bit different for me. That that it is like an empowering um, feeling to have uh, as a woman or a man. I I hope I'm not really sure because I'm not a man, but it's an empowering feeling to feel okay that you can express yourself in a sensual way and not sexual, but sensual, and not have fear or, or vulnerability. And you know vulnerability. Is a is, is very courageous that these women who I've photographed, um, they're very courageous because of the fact that this is a very private moment that they are um, that they are expressing themselves. And when I say that, it's like not these photographs are artistic and they're very um, they're they're very beautiful. Uh, there's there's but very much strength to it. And, um, and you know, um, gosh, let me say, let me just say this. Um, when I began shooting sensuality, um, it, it, first, I just had these thoughts in my head and I wanted to express the gentle touch and our very first, when we would like somebody other than looking at them and giving them, giving them the look, the very first thing that we do is reach out and, 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 and hold their hand. And even that could be daunting because you're going like, should I do it? Should I use my pinky? Should I use my whole hand? And then before you know it, your palm is sweating Mm -hmm. and you're shaking. But eventually you, you, you kind of reach over with that pinky a little bit. And I wanted to kind of just show those little nuances that are that we feel that are not necessarily recorded um, that make beautiful art. So these women um, that 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 came to me. I wanted to make sure. Number one, they were diverse. They were okay to um, express themselves. And some of them would cry because they didn't understand. They didn't. They didn't really understand their ins- inner beauty. That that it can be outside of them as well. And they could slow down and really feel and explore and understand that their vulnerability is not something. That should be shameful. You know, back in the 50s, women were considered second-class citizens. They were not allowed to vote. And the simple thing was that, you know, if, you know, they were looked at as women who produced, you know, the population, right? So even to this day, um, you know, uh, uh, stimulants for women are not allowed to be advertised, like let's just say for Facebook, for example, right. you will not see any kind of devices for women to help them in their sexuality. However, you will see ads on Facebook for uh, erectile dysfunction. So it's still okay for us to say, "Oh, men, that that's okay because that's for men." But it's not okay because it's for women. So again, you know, we are being shamed to explore and to express ourselves in that instance. And I will tell you that I have been taken down before, you know, numerous times, three times on MySpace, four times, I think, four times, I think, on Facebook, um, and, and also uh, another, uh, somebody else's Facebook that showed my art that wasn't even my Facebook. And then three times on Instagram, I was warned numerous times on, on, on various social media channels um, so, you know, it's like, and each time there are, uh, photos of women, not sexual photos or not porn photos, but artistic photos. So that just gives you a huge, um, interpretation of where we are today and where we're not today.
2: Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought up too, you know, cause like the, I don't, the idea of filtering, on social the difference between sexuality and sensuality as you so beautifully kind of brought to life they we don't look at that especially from male to female and uh i know twitter um and we talk a lot about decentralization here right and the idea of removing uh censorship which i am uh, i like that aspect of decentralization more so than a lot of the other uh aspects of decentralization that that we know that are out there and you know, uh, and and I've shared this before, um, you know, on the podcast as well, but like, you know, two of my first uh, clients that I had ever had as an entrepreneur, um, from a personal brand perspective, were both uh, adult film stars, and I was working with them on their personal brands. And it was my first, you know, I was the ignorant male that had no idea of, you know, I can post a shirtless photo with me at the pool without ever even like it even dawning on me uh, on, on that side. And I remember, that was like 2013 2014 and and i remember thinking wow like and i would slowly see their content change those that i had uh, that i had worked with and I, and i like that you brought up that like you know that has changed i'm curious you know and we're going to get into the 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 collection and how that's brought to life even how it turned into a a book which i think is just uh, amazing but i'm curious from your view as a photographer as a creator has the has the ability to capture the the sensuality over these years, over the last 13 years, how has that changed as as maybe culture has become a little bit more open, but also maybe how you've been able to kind of tap in and show others that have been vulnerable before? I think for anyone that's out there, like one of the reasons I love bringing creators like yourself on is that there are so many people listening right now that your next door neighbor, your best friend, your someone that you know in your life is a creator, a photographer, an artist, and they have a talent, and unfortunately that talent hasn't been able to be brought to, to life to the world. And until you have people that are willing to be the first, right. That to be the early adopters to break the mold, people won't see that. And in, and in a way you were doing that through the catalog that you were building over all of these years, being able to, you know, show those that were brave early on to inspire others. How has that been like over those 13 years and kind of, and then bringing that whole collection together as like one, something that you can actually bring to life as a, as a book and also as NFTs.
1: Yeah. You know, first of all, I got to tell you how, uh, how exciting it is uh, to be able to talk about this just because of the fact that when I very first started sensuality um, a lot of the images that came to me was a dream. So my cover shot right here, that was a dream. I literally woke up and I approached one of my friends and I said, I have this, I have this thought that came to me and, and I, you're the perfect person. And, um and so we shot this, the, the cover shot. And this was, I think back in, I want to say it was 2007 that we shot this. Um, and, and so at, at, first of all, we had to just kind of, I had to just talk some of my friends into uh, posing for me. And um, of course there's a lot of trust that goes into this and they, they know me, and they know that I'm never going to do anything harmful um, with these images. So many of them have never been seen um, ever, and I've kept everything, you know, under lock and key um, all the time. My um, computers are password protected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm very, very careful. And even before I even started to uh, um, actually publish the or get it start getting published, I reached out to every single one. To make sure they were okay with it, so I just wanted to say that because integrity is big, big, big for me, you know. Um, But I will say that when I started in 2007, it was so hard to get people into the door. And then I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a big giant uh, uh, post on Facebook, and I'm gonna invite people to come and sit and talk with me. And so, and if they're interested, they can come and sit. And I had many women come, which was which was wonderful. But unfortunately, I could not get um, uh, full figured women to photograph with me, and um, so uh, that was a big challenge. So, you know, I, I knew that it was okay because I knew this was going to be a project I was going to be doing for a while. So, fast forward to the Me Too movement and um, Black Lives Matter. Um, that really did a whole lot of. Um, it really changed the temperature of 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 where we're at today. And, um, I've not had any problems, you know, shooting, photographing, capturing full-figured women. Um, and just the diversity that I've been able to go forward with after that. And then, you know, they're like, do you want to show your face? Absolutely. I mean, they're okay with it. I said, this could be in a book. All right, that's fine. Where can I buy it? I mean, like literally it has changed, um, tremendously was before, my early work, um, I was being very careful with people's faces, so um, I just wanted to just kind of say that. So th- that has really changed, and so um, I'm so so grateful that I-, I could see that being positive. Yeah, I love
2: that as like a not only you know the the confidence, but you know you know the the outside effect of movements like the Me Too movement and, and Black Lives Matter, and a lot of this. Um, you know, idea that, you know, we're bringing things out. Right. And even just the the notion, like I still like my my like stomach turned when you said early, earlier in your story, when they said not to speak Spanish. Right. And, and I, I, I felt that. And and I, as a cis white male that barely speaks English correctly uh, and, and took, you know, I took four years of Spanish and couldn't pass Spanish too. Uh, that was just me and in, in, in high school, it was, uh, uh, but I like hearing like that being, Kind of like ripped apart, and you know, early on, and now we've we've kind of uh, you know moved this entire uh, you know kind of conversation forward. Of course, as you mentioned, and we and we have to highlight where we still have a long way to go um, in a lot of these um, these spaces, from equality to um, to even understanding some of the nuances in uh, you know how we how things are regulated, how filters are out there. Uh, I will tell you just for those that are listening, uh, and I know Delphi knows this because uh, on the back end I get very frustrated right now with AI and this is a weird segue, but I promise it makes sense um, where I put certain terms into my AI prompts uh, expecting either randomization or some kind of equality. Maybe it's a little bit naive, but I started to get really mad. And and now I have my own channel where I want to debunk and fix some of the nuances of of AI. Like one of them being, if I put, if I put human, in the kitchen doing dishes, it always shows me four females. If I sh- if I say someone walking out of a garage, it always shows me four males in the output. Right? If I if I say superhero, which one that caught me off guard? I've I had to work like my prompt is like nine stages long to get a superhero that is female, and to me that was like wait a second. Like and and I as a girl dad, as someone that really wants to kind of bring a lot of these conversations to life, like. Those biases and things are really deep rooted in AI, which let's also just be very clear. AI is only pulling from what society and culture and information has been put out there. So it's not, you know, we want to blame AI and we like to blame, so we blame AI for that social media, for the Me Too movement. But the truth is the world and people have been corrupt and horrible humans for a long time. Social media brought it to life with the Me Too movement. AI, I hope, has that component where we start to recognize that a lot of the you know, visuals and representation is still very um, skewed and incorrect, and it's no wonder certain you know biases and things you know live on. And Leslie, I know you want to tap in a little bit on like you know the expression side of it as well, and mm-hmm. and then we'll get into the NFT collection and the book that, that that Deborah has in the works as well.
0: I mean, I think this is actually a good segue because the the common theme that I started to see and learn and and hearing the story and then the artwork is. It really is all about expression. And I think that that's just a wonderful thing to to help people understand. And it's in so many different ways for you, Deborah, as a photographer and using this as your outlet for healing and for, you know, addressing th- those, those issues. But then in addition to that, helping people along the way, these, these beautiful women that their journey of acceptance and their journey of self discovery, but then simultaneously trying to de stigmatize the difference between, as you said, sensuality and, and and sexuality, but also from the the concept of trying to get away from the destigmatizing sexual health, I think is an important aspect. Um, and it's something that I talk to my kids a lot about that sex in your body is not shameful like we make it something that's shameful because of the way that it's been represented. but it's a distinct difference between um intimacy and being intimate with someone and and sex as a as a, as an act, you know, like it's just, there's a world of difference. And I think that you really represent that and express that in the journey and of the, of the images. And it's been a long journey for you for, as you said, many, many years, but um, I also want to switch it back to Um, going to, with this journey and going to the book. And you've had this, this long collection of these, you know, these images that are so amazing. So I wanted to hear a little bit more about the book, uh, putting that together. It's been a long labor of love for you. So what has, what has kept you going through this? And I mean, you've had, these several years of of collecting the photographs and then you decide to, to make it a a publication. I want to hear about that journey for you.
1: Okay. I'm going to also dig a little bit deep here just because, you know, I think this is really important. Uh, When we talk about, you know, gender roles and the way uh, people and and women are just represented in general and, um, and also the um, LGBTQIA community. So specifically um, lesbian women in general, um, I believe, you know, just from a lot of things that have happened in my life, okay, experiences that happen in my life, that the, um, the, the way that we are, the way that lesbians are looked at is sometimes, not all men, but some men um, use that for the consumption of their own type of enjoyment, Right. And sometimes those relationships are not looked at as real or sometimes they're looked at as a phase you're going to. And then gender roles also um, will make us say, okay, well, who's the guy and, and, and who's the girl, you know, well, you kind of know who the girl is, but who's the guy of the, uh, you know, and then, you know, of course um, just, you know, when, if a woman dresses more uh, masculine, then uh, clearly she wants to be a man. And, uh, and it, you know, there are so many uh, stigmatisms. And, uh, of course, the, the most um, disrespectful one would be, um, oh, you just need to get, you know, a good, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have sex with a man. I'm not going to get too graphic of what they actually say to me. Um, so all these types of things, on top of being a woman, And the shame from being Hispanic and the shame from being, you know, uh, lesbian, the shame just for being a woman. So getting all these together, like, and making the work, because I will say that there are, I wanted to represent lesbian women, what it looks like to be in a relationship. Not everything in the book has that. But I wanted to be able to show that in the book, and I will tell you that uh, sex in general, sensuality in general, there should never be any shaming, and there should no be, there should not ever be shaming in pleasure. Pleasure, you know, I have in my book. I have uh, two women together, very artistically. Women by themselves, body positivity. I have women with tattoos. And I have some, you know, soft BDSM. And I have a thruple in there. And then the most important work that I think I've done, um, other than the one with large women, I've also photographed um, women who have uh, had many kids before or kids that have a lot of stretch marks on their body. And to me, that is probably the most beautiful photographs that I've ever made in my life because those are just like Beautiful vessels, and those stretch marks represent, you know, women who have. They're, they're populating our, our our world. Without them, we cannot be here. It's that simple. So, with all of that, you know, that is what sensuality is. Is a culmination of all these different, you know, I, I'm, compartments. I'm putting all together in one work of art. That's why it has taken me so many years to get it all together. <laughs> and I, when I love, you know, one of the first things we, when you and
2: I were having the conversation about maybe what would NFTs look like, right? You, your, um, your commitment and understanding of like, Hey, I, I've been building this for so long. Not only has it been, uh, you know, uh, something that you've been passionate and, and building, but you're also like commitment to them, commitment to your message, commitment to, Hey, I, there's a reason certain ones have never been shared. There's a certain ones that put in the book. There's a bunch that I couldn't get into the book. Um, and I think for any artist, you know, we, this is one of the things that it's like. Okay, well, how do we bridge these gaps, online, offline, or how do we make sure we're making an impact? And and I just have to say, what you shared just now is so important. And I want to say, you know, as as this white male, that you know, I I often say that I kind of got the luckiest thing to happen to me. One of the luckiest having happy in my entire life was the, my best friend uh, Ashley coming out to me at, when she was fourteen, and and not sharing publicly to anyone other than me uh, until she was eighteen, and I was able to be there for her and learn at, at a very young age, a lot of the things that you were mentioning, right? Where I would tell my friends that my best friend was a lesbian that I went to college with and we share the same dorm with, they were like, Oh, it must be nice. Lucky you. And I w- I had to educate from a very early spot of like, Whoa, hold on. Like, and I didn't realize that I was probably portraying that very same thing. And it wasn't until it was my best friend, you know, who's still uh, in my life today. And I actually messaged her, uh, to, to give a, kind of a little nudge, that I, I was excited to uh, to share your story and put this out there uh, today as well. And so, if I think for a lot of people that are are listening, some of this might be like you know you feel either like you know judged or you're you're recognizing some of your own um, mistakes, your own biases, your own judgments. And the beauty that I like to kind of put it this is like acknowledging this is a is a beautiful part. And part of the impact of your collection, and hopefully the impact of us coming together and collaborating, is that we need to bring these conversations forward and change the narrative f- forward. And I know Leslie, you brought it up with your kids in the conversation. I very much with my my daughters in that conversation, and you know, I for me that's um, one of the reasons that I love that you were bring, willing to put this out there. But I'll also say, like your, like it's a beautiful thing when a creator has this much like love and belief in your work and also like intention. I guess that's probably your intentionality with every aspect. So when you were building out the book, I I don't believe, maybe you can correct me, um, if NFTs weren't on that radar um, at all, but bringing that book to life has been, uh, I mean, a a lot of work. You told me a lot about like the style and you're you're having to make sure certain things um, are are perfect to what you look at. And I will tell anybody, uh, like the spine of this book is – uh, is, is, is amazing. I remember you showed me that and I was like, wow, there's like attention to detail. Talk to us a little bit about like that attention to detail and how you brought some of that story and impact into the book. And then how did that, how did you think of it from which things you wanted to become NFTs, which we will
1: kind of highlight that collection as well? Yeah. You know, um, first, first of all, picking the images in the book was not an easy task. Um, it took me, um, weeks, um, cause I have hundreds of images, uh, for sensuality and, you know, I wanted to make sure to, of course, take the temperature from when I started in 2007, uh, all the way up to 2022. And, uh, so it wasn't an easy thing. Um, and so as far as, so as far as me picking NFTs with the book and, and, you know, incongruent to make, to basically, um, Marry Web two and Web three together. I thought that was an interesting thing, and I said, "Okay, well, I'm going to make a few images that are in the book over to Web three, and to make that um, to make that kind of like a special type of thing, people are going to be able to own an image that's actually in the book, and then which is which is amazing because then if, if they get the book, then they'll be able to see their own image that they're owning in the book." And then there's going to be some images that were didn't quite make the book that are going to be, you know, just special to and, and exclusive to Web3, which is which is I think is a, kind of a really interesting. I, I never even thought of that. And so, you know, um, but I love the idea of, you know, because I always thought to myself, you know, how could I make this very important work? Because someone maybe might look in it, looking in it, you know, 50 years from now. And be able to see, oh, this was created, you know, in in 2007, or this was put on the blockchain, and you know, 2023, and it's just like where where we've evolved from uh, from back then to 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 the future, and you know, I won't be around for that, but um, how important these images would be um, for for. People looking in the future, just kind of like how we see, hear music today and and fashion today and, and stuff like, and even you know, I saw the very first photograph and I was like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> so all, all which are very very important, I think you know, um, and that's why I'm so excited about Web3 and, and putting putting um, NFTs that a project I've worked for so long and so diligently, and um, and working with Leslie. Being very intentional on which ones we're putting out there. And I mean, we have talked, I can't, we're hours on the phone um, and dissecting on why and when and what and how. So, you know, hats off to Leslie. I, I, I can't do it without her.
0: <laughs> that's that very kind of you i appreciate that but it's been it's been a fun journey i really really have enjoyed it i not only i already knew you going into the project we have you know been connected as nft friends and in the community that we have in nft 365 but to like connect on a personal level and um it's just it's just been really fun and um so i've really enjoyed that aspect of it too but um through this process and getting to know you, um, there's definitely been parts that you've been nervous about. And so I think I wanted to kind of circle back to that because, again, part of the the platform here is we want to um, empower other artists and, and other people. That's Fanzo's thing all day long is empowering others and amplifying others. So I want to take this opportunity to use this to inspire others that are in a similar situation to you where they are maybe trying to bridge the web two to web three role, whether it's photography or art and, you know, how, you know, you've been nervous about it, but you've come to the other side of it, I think, and you're ready, you know, super motivated for the collection and we're super excited and we'll get into some details, of course, in a second, but talk a little bit, if you can, about overcoming that and, um, you know, being, you know, c- confident in moving forward with that collection and, and that journey.
1: Well, you know, you've, you've heard about uh, the challenges that I faced, be, you know, growing up. And if there's more than anything, if there's one thing that I can do for any um, female out there, you know, gay or not, you know, is for them to be able to, I'm hoping that this work, will help them to be able to um, reach out and not be scared and take their best foot forward. You know, I hope that, you know, other Hispanic little girls um, can see this and say, I can do that. You know, and that's, that's all I want to accomplish is simply that if I can do anything in this world, I just want the next artist behind me to accomplish that because all the others, all the other people, you know, just like Dorothy, Dorothy Lang and, and, um, and uh, uh, one of my favorites is uh, Vivian uh, Mayer, uh, which is just, that was a whole interesting story. If anybody ever gets a chance, it's called Finding Vivian Mayer. And it's a film that was released, I think in 2015 or 2016, literally her, her, her negatives were found in a, in a, in a locker, in a just where you store your stuff. And, and then it was like brought into the public, which, you know, she would have, she would, she would have hated doing all the stuff that goes behind it. And so I kind of saw a little bit of myself in her to where it's like, I created all this art and and just hundreds of images. And I was like, man, if I put that book out, I'm going to have to talk about it. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to to do X, Y, and Z. And these are all the things I did not want to do. However, you know, I got to tell you that I just, I want to just kind of back up a little bit. Um, I probably won't be, wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been for Fanzo. And I was also in a room with Fanzo and and Alexa Carlin, and he was talking about pressing the damn button. And you know, I got up on stage shaken and asked him a question like, How do you not be emotional when you're talking about something that's so emotional? You know, and I, that just resonated with me so much. And I just I, then I called up Alexa and said, I'm going to press the damn button just because I knew her more than him. I couldn't call him and say, You're hitting me. <laughs> Many. I don't know how to really reach him. I don't know if he's gonna. If I DM'd him, he'd say, "Oh, stranger danger," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember that day. I
2: know where I was in my house when we were in that room when you asked that question. Um, you know, and for those that you know, Clubhouse being just social audio, right? And we were we were especially during the the pandemic, it was a, a massive lifeline. And Alexa, another connection of Alexa Rose Carlin, uh, who was a beautiful human, putting her story out there and. I actually first got to know her via live video, and uh, she would message me before almost all of her live streams and said, "I need a, I need a pep talk. Why am I doing this?" Like she was very, you know, early on, and and now I see her TikToks all over my <laughs> feed, and she's, uh, you know, blowing up in many different ways. And I remember when you asked that, you know, that question, and and for me, you know, the emotional side, you know, I, you know, <laughs> anyone that's listened to the podcast, uh, the episodes, there's definitely been emotional uh, episodes. There's also been, you know, vulnerable um, aspects, um, you know, even recently with having to end of life with a ADHD coin and something that, you know, uh, I just, it, it's still, it's still just, just saying that, uh, my stomach turns a little bit just because I was committed and all in and, and, and had trust built with so many people. And unfortunately, uh, a brand and a company that I had researched and thought I, I could trust, uh, I had to learn, uh, the hard way, but I, I wanted to, you know, what you said there about like that you know, vulnerability and when you were shaking, getting up and asking that question, like that is so like that, like the message of press the damn button is that essence of like, there are so many great people that have so many great stories to tell. And sometimes it's just, we need permission. Sometimes we just need to re- be reminded to press the damn button, but we also have to recognize that like, we have to do it in our own way. Right. And coming to this. And so I, like, I love with your collection and I, you know, when we were bringing the collection to life and, and Leslie, uh, you know, was kind of enabling all this to kind of come to uh, to fruition. You know, it was funny. I didn't even, I didn't factor in. And I just want to be honest about like the idea of like, would, would these be okay being shared on nifty gateway? Right. Uh, funny enough, like I went to them on a call and I was like, Hey, I know you guys are leaning into photography more where most of their early on uh, years in NFTs was not as much photography. It was mostly digitally create digital creations and animations. And they were like, Oh my goodness, that's a big, you know, marching orders of ours. And so I got excited. I was like, "Deborah, we're good." We're and then it was like, "Wait, are, are these going to be work on there?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're good." And then it was like, "Oh wait, I better go ask if sensual photos um, and ones that have you know that are depicting um, important, impactful movements um, are okay on the on the platform." And, and just to be honest, if Nifty Gateway had said no, then we would be moving somewhere else and launching this collection somewhere that that is on a Web three platform that is. And I will say. Even from when I asked that, I've noticed that a couple other marketplaces have actually enabled um, some settings for for people to allow those that are underage to be able to filter, but also allow for um, the, the freedom of expression in, in many ways. And Nifty Gateway was very supportive, very open, and they were uh, excited. And in, I will say one of the messages back was like, we're we're excited because we need this conversation to be open even amongst. Know our our community, and so let's get like talk a little bit about you know you mentioned some of the NFT photos are in the book, some of them are ones that didn't make it in the book, and you know I think the rarity of that is really based on all of you who end up being holders, right? Because I think you can look at one versus the other of like what you own, or maybe you own both, right? You own one some that are in the book, uh, some that are out, um, so. Talk about a little bit about the collection. How many pieces are in there? It will be up on our our Nifty Gateway storefront uh, for all those to, to check out the drop, and we of course will be posting it on our social. But talk to us a little bit about like the actual collection and, and what people can expect.
1: So the this first drop, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a uh, even baker's dozen twelve, and um, it's you know again you know Leslie and I talked we started up we started with nineteen and um, I didn't want to do quite that many. Um, uh, so we started just with 12. And like, I noticed a lot of photographers do something way different than what I'm about to do. And, um, and that's okay. Um, I know that in Web3, uh, my audience is not as big as my Web2 audience. But you know, that's okay, because all my life, I seem to have broken rules. So why not break some more? And, yes. um, you know, so it's like, you know who pushing who, boundaries yeah um yeah and uh, who i could maybe be trending something differently i don't know we'll we'll, we'll see but um they're going to see beautiful black and white images um i definitely have a amazing full figured woman in there that is just one of the most powerful images i've ever shot in my life um we, there there are a couple of um uh, women uh together that are just so quiet and beautiful. And that's a little bit of what I want my viewer to see. I want my, you know, like when you're watching a movie and there's this this very, very touching scene, it's very quiet and it's very, and you're just kind of like holding your breath, you know, for that moment. And it's like, it's sort of like that. I sort of like, I want you to like, I kind of want you to feel like you're, and I hope that you do feel this and it's okay if you don't, because everybody's different. I want them to like, they're turning the corner and they see these two women embracing, or they see this one woman just being quiet with herself. And again, it's not like a, it's not like a sexual thing, but it's just like, oh, and they're just like holding their breath just to kind of watch, to see what happens because it's so touching and it's so moving. And it's just so beautiful. And, and, you know, we kind of want to be that we want to experience that in our life. I can't tell you how many times I cry watching movies and stuff because I'm going like, that's what I want to feel right there. And that's that same feeling that I want people to feel when they look at my work. They're like, I want that. I want to be able to just like skip my breath and just like, yes, that's, that's me. I could, and I want them to go into that photograph and become that to, to explore their, their inside themselves, because we all have it inside of ourselves, all of us. One time in our life, we've had that feeling. We need to have that more.
0: I think that's why it's a great collection for Web3, because it's such... Like deep connection is the word that comes to mind, deep connection with one another and deep connection within ourselves. And that that journey of discovery and your fight, whether it's you're finding your voice, you're finding your pleasure, you're finding you, you're you're finding you. And that is a place that in web th- in web three, that people are able to do that. I feel as though, Many of us can be our most authentic selves in a Web3 environment because we are not held to the social standards that are put upon us, work, corporate standards, and unlearning unhealthy behaviors. We're able to be exactly who we are. And to be honest, I think sometimes it's easier because a lot of it is behind a screen, you know, or behind a keyboard or behind a phone. So that makes it a little bit easier. So then we get to that level a lot faster. Um, But bringing that That entire feeling to real life and the journey of your photos and they tell a story that's amazing, I think, is the feeling that I I hope personally that people walk away with and looking at the images and seeing that, wow, this is this is beautiful because of what you see kind of transpiring from the evolution of one to the other. So hopefully, I can even do justice to <laughs> to explaining that for listeners that are haven't seen the um, the collection yet. But
2: yeah, and for our listeners, you know, we're, we're going to put links um, uh, in the show notes. We'll be, of course, tweeting out links. Um, if you've purchased uh, NFTs from us on Nifty Gateway, uh, we we dropped my, the twelve time capsule collection um, last year. We have have a couple other collections that we'll we've uh, dropping. There, the beauty of Nifty Gateway as well. For those that aren't familiar, you can purchase with a you know a credit card, create an account with just an email address. You don't have to have a MetaMask or a wallet, so it has it's a very web two friendly um, environment. But the other the beautiful thing about Nifty Gateway, and why I think this collection is is beautiful there, it, but it also allows you to be able to uh, export it to your wallet on MetaMask and be able to see it, view it in your OpenSea collection, share it on your digital displays, or even you know have it printed out as a you know, using something like mixed tiles and, and the things that I have, uh, that I've done as well. And I'll, I'll just say, you know, for, you know, Deborah, I was excited, you know, when we first started connecting and saying, okay, this will be a great collection to put out there. And I think twofold is like, I was like, it's your story. It's your, the impact that your, your work and all these years is going to have on others. But it's also this idea of finally, like, kind of like a vehicle of web three, allowing it to be brought to life um, in a digital sense right without the filters without the uh the the other aspects and and i hope it also drives conversations i will say for the the men that are are listening that that believe in um, not only equity and inclusion and uh, not only empowerment but we also have to recognize that part of this comes in how we show up and how we support and how we celebrate and i will challenge anyone that you know, the the true impact that we can make is is purchasing these works of art and and even it making an impact being in a wallet alongside of other NFTs when someone that goes and looks at someone's wallet and maybe it starts a conversation that you're able to uh, to have and that's a big belief that I've had around mental health around a lot of tough conversations is you know how do we get the right people in the wrong rooms and the wrong people in the right rooms and I know Deborah you've heard me say that many yeah. times as I, I do often on social audio and to me that's part of what we're doing here right we're 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 bringing this conversation that maybe for most of this impact of this episode people aren't even taking away the fact that the nfts are taking away a lot of the the, the impact and movement we've made but also a lot of the things that we still have to go but i also think it's just a beautiful reminder that how many other debras are there that are there out there in the world right now that have amazing talent and that have been doing it right you you've been putting in the work you've you know, and, and let's be very clear. You have been very successful in your world, and and that is amazing. But we also know that we should be able to take that to greater heights and not be, uh, you know, filtered or put down or or the microphone not given. And and I believe this is uh, a great start of that. You mentioned this is you know the first of of many collections that will to be uh, to come. And so uh, we will put this with sh- the links for all of uh, Deborah's socials uh, as well um, in the show notes. Make sure you connect there. Um, Deborah, anything, uh, that you want to kind of wrap it with and, and let the audience know before we, uh, send them on their way, hopefully to go check out the drop, go check out the collection. And, uh, if they're lucky enough to get in before they're, they're sold out, then, uh, to get one themselves, or maybe they just have to follow and maybe buy the next collection if, if this one's sold out by then, but, uh, I'll give well, them. Of my course cue.
0: we have to talk about the collection. Um, yes. so I'll let, I'll let you go ahead with the, uh, the drop date details and I'm happy to fill in any, any of the rest.
1: Yeah. So I do want to say this. Um, I do, I think I'm going to have um, eight one of ones, uh, the utility there. Like, you know, I'm, I'm still getting my feet wet with the utilities and stuff, but I do have a little bit of a utility. So um, if you buy a one of one, you are going to get a copy of the book and here's how gorgeous. it's very, um, I definitely wanted to show that um, it's, definitely in um, um, still at the printers um, and it's something that I'm taking great care as far as quality um, uh, going forward. So um, I'm hoping that this is going to come in the next uh, several months. I'm just got to make sure that it's all, it's all good. One more uh, really important aspect is, you know, to all of my um, um, friends out there that are probably wondering like um why why am I partnering with the cis white male to do this uh, a launch? Uh, and I, I want to just kind of talk a little, just a little bit about that. You know, I've known Fanzo for many years. I've never met him in real life. However, what I do know this is like, this guy amplifies so many women. And so since I've listened to over 365 episodes, I can tell you that many of those episodes have been amplifying women. And um, and that is so, so important to me in this. And plus, he's a girl, dad, dad of three. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> I, I could not have found a better person, and his team behind him is just solid gold. And so, gosh, I I I can't even begin to tell you. And then the last thing that I've got to say before, I'm going to let Leslie go ahead and talk more about the drop, but I have to say that my parents have always, always, always um, supported me. And I'm so grateful for that. So grateful. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I love you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten to you know talk to you a little bit about your parents here and there, and I think it's amazing that you have such a great support system. And I think that that's just you know it it really shows I think in the person that you are and how sweet and kind and, and fun you are, and and how you've just have taken this despite every obstacle that's thrown against you, uh, be it in early or later, has just been amazing. So I I'm sure I have to attribute some of that to having a, a good support system in your in your family. Um, Now, as far as the drop, uh, we are going live with the drop. It will uh, be a live drop on Nifty Gateway. Um, So shout out to Nifty. Um, It's been a great platform to work with. I'm super happy. I talk about them separately in terms of how awesome they are in terms of feedback and assistance and so on. Um, But the collection will drop on 2-3-23. So some numerology there at 2-23 Eastern time. Um, so, uh, stay tuned for that. You'll start to see it trending on upcoming drops, uh, a few days prior. So, um, we're also hosting, uh, Deborah at superpower hour on, uh, Tuesday next week. Although this might come out, the episode might come out after that. Um, <laughs> so if you, if you didn't get a chance to attend, you should go back and take a listen, um, as we'll have her as an artist spotlight and talk a little bit more about the collection, invite others up to share as well. Um, but then we'll also uh, be having a, Deborah's already scheduled it, a Twitter space on Friday uh, the 3rd, the, um, February the 3rd, um, as a launch party and inviting other artists. Everybody is welcome. And it'll start at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So as the space uh, gets going, then of course the collection will be live. Um, so it's a beautiful collection of, I think it's 12 pieces now. I talked her into adding one. Um <laughs> so there's one more that I was like, oh, this is such a beautiful one. We have to get this in there. Um so thank you for humoring me. Um so there are some one of ones and there's some that have additions. Um, so there's multiple price points for people um you know to fit within your budget, but Obviously each one has a story tied to it. And um, of course, while the entire collection itself is a journey, each one has its own special meaning in the collection. So I highly recommend to take a look at it, to read some of the description and understand a little bit about it. Cause I think that while your own emotions will be evoked by seeing the image but reading a little bit more about it um, will help too. But we're super excited to um, partner with you on it and it'll be coming out here in uh, a, f- a few days really.
2: Yes. Love it. Love it. Excited. I love the numerology behind it. Uh, I mean, two, three, two, three uh, for a podcast that launched at 11, 11 to one. Uh, I, you know, that, that just fits uh, in everything here. Uh, and Deborah, I, I, I love, you know, thank you for being you know, vulnerable and transparent, you know, thank you for the kind words. Uh, and I think for, you know, everyone that's out there, right. When you think about, you know, I talk a lot about how do we drive change uh, in the web three space. And I believe Part of our, our problem as a Web3 uh, community, as a Web3 group, um, on getting others to see the light is that we don't do a great job of explaining use cases or highlighting people and stories that we're going to be able to make an impact and a difference uh, at, a, at a at a greater level. And I, I believe that that's part of the, the goal of this podcast. And uh, I believe this is a, a beautiful episode uh, for, to send to people that, that are, are looking to understand You know, why did Deborah and I were in this clubhouse room when these people are bragging about their $400 monkey photos? And we were like, what in the hell is this? And I remember looking it up. I mean, like, it's some financial voodoo monopoly thing that they're doing online. uh, And I had no interest. So there are a lot of people that were there, but it's that use cases. It's that something that they can resonate with. It's something that they can connect with. And I think this is a, a beautiful episode for people to share. If you're listening to this this week, next week, months, a year from now, you know, when someone is asking you why NFTs or what can NFTs do that Facebook and Instagram couldn't do or what does this all look like or how what is the impact it makes? Just send them this episode. Let them uh, listen to this story. Uh, you know, Deborah. so thanks so much for, for joining us. Leslie, I have to give you an amazing shout out too. Um, not only have you taken this and run with it, but um, I think for anyone that's out there, you know, not only do you need a Leslie on your team and you can't have her, Um, but, uh, the, the, the aspect of like artist enablement and working with artists and, and, uh, you know, that the word trust has been shared here a lot. And I will say it's trust in all circles. And I think we sometimes overlook, we think, oh, it's trust between us and our NFT holders. No, it's trust between team members, trust between the artists, trust in the platforms. And as, as we said, a platform that I cared about deeply with rally, unfortunately, um, you know, I lost that trust because of, of what they had. And I think for a lot of these things that come to life, that like trust triangle has to exist. And Leslie, you've been, uh, you're an amazing steward of that. And, you know, the, the feedback and the highlights. And I know with other collections and, and future ones, uh, you know, we're excited for that. And, I, and I'll just say that at the end here, you know, if you're interested maybe in, in wanting your collection uh, including kind of our our work front and and our work our our store, uh, we will include a link for you to be able to apply to to have that. Uh, you know, as I said, Deborah was our very first one that we reached out to and said, "Hey, we want to bring this to life." Um, we have Jeff and Ryan who also are dropping a collection, uh, but we are going to kind of open it up now that we're kind of figuring out some of the. Uh, the nuances figuring out some of the the, the moving parts uh, that comes with making nfts nfts but also what do artists want what do people want and so uh, for all of our listeners too you know I would love for you to tweet out you know when you buy one of the, the photos or the images or even just if the the podcast episode resonated with you and, and it's something you know was important you know, please share that out on social you'd be amazed how you know those tweets uh, mean something and if it's something you would prefer to send uh, privately I know you, you could uh, DM myself or Deborah or Leslie or, or even the, the podcast account, uh, and we'll make sure that we lay that. So um, Deborah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for your mom and dad for, for <laughs> supporting you and, and enabling and empowering all this to happen. And you know for me, this is this is what it's all about. my friends, uh, we is greater than me. Uh, and until next time, make it a great day, everybody. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.